So we realized that, and that was a struggle. That was going to be something that God put on us to fight through, um, you know, stick together, uh, fight together, and figure out how to make it through. Uh, so what that did was I wanted to always give my, my brother some joy, uh, some peace, give my mother something to clap for, uh, someone to be proud of. to another episode of The Burn. Now this one is really fun for me because we are gonna go way, way back. And this is one of those things where it's like, man, I can't believe how fast time flies. So I could talk so much about Larry Hughes, 14 years in the NBA, eighth overall pick, pride of St. Louis, and all of the things that you did on the court. But I'm actually gonna go back to high school And then I want to hear about your burn. Mm -hmm. And then really what I want to dive into is what I'm so impressed with now that we're these old men is where we're sitting right now, what makes that burn go now as a father, really a continued leader in the community, what you've done with your foundation. But before we get there, just a a quick couple things that I remember. So number one, uh, from our sophomore years in high school, we played each other seven times. Mm Uh, we were 0 for 7 against you guys, <laughs> and uh, I don't think you ever broke a sweat. <laughs> I think you dunked about 40 times in yeah. those seven games, and the closest we ever came was uh, 13 points district finals at Ledoux, our senior finals. year. And what I remember is there was one point in the game where I had to pick you up at half court, and I never called switch faster in my entire <laughs> life. Switch! Like, I wanted no part of that. That's and uh, That's so I up. knew, we all knew back then, like, man, we're just, we're witnessing something special. Yeah. And aside from what we saw on the court, and I mentioned this to you, and I will never forget it. And man, I remember seeing this when we were freshmen, sophomores, was the unity and how close you were with your mother, mm-hmm and how close you were with your brother Justin. Yep. And I know Justin was born with some heart difficulties. And man, I remember all of it like it was yesterday. And it's yep. like over 20 years ago. Yep. And I remember watching you with him after games. I remember watching his eyes, watching, I mean, he was a little boy, yep. watching him watch you play and just the tightness of your parents. Man, for this show and the burn and what we're talking about, if you're cool with it, I'd love to start there. Oh yeah. And, and talk about what's in your heart, what that burn is, and how it's enabled you to do the things you've done in your life. Oh, no question, it's no problem, no problem. So tell us a little bit about that burn. So when you think back to, that's my memory, right? Mm-hmm. And we just played against each other. Yep. But when you think of your brother, you think of your mom, you think of what made you push to do all the things that you did. Tell us about that and where it came from. Um, it, it was really the, the motivation um, to to give my, my family some joy. Uh, I, I played basketball because I was just so happy to be good at it. Um, I played schoolyard basketball, you know, before I played organized basketball at 12. Um, so starting that, I just wanted to make my family proud. I wanted to, um, you know, we were going through a tough time. I mean, my, like you said, my brother was born with, with transposition of the great vessels, which is a heart defect, right? Which is something that you have no control over. Um, So we realized that, and that was a struggle. That was going to be something that God put on us to fight through, um, you know, stick together, uh, fight together, and figure out how to make it through. Uh, So what that did was I wanted to always give my my brother some joy, uh, some peace, 
give my mother something to clap for, uh, someone to be proud of. And I felt that that would ease, you know, the struggles and things that we were going through. By using that sport, you know, I was able to, um, you know, I feel like, you know, keep his life going. You know, the, the longer I played, the more joy he had, the happier he was, <clears throat> uh, the healthier he was. Um, so I use basketball as a way to say, hey, um, I'm going to do this for my family and for my brother because I know it makes them happy. Yeah, it, it made me happy. I definitely had joy from playing, but my ultimate motivation was to make my brother, you know, feel a little bit of peace uh, while I play basketball. So this is, this is pretty amazing for me because here we are. That's kind of what I saw with mm -hmm. my eyes. But now to hear you articulate that yep. is, is pretty amazing. Yeah. So for you to do what you did at the level that you did it at, I'm going to ask you a completely different question than I, I was thinking about. How often did you see guys that just never understood that piece, that never understood that, man, like your heart is where you got to start? Uh, it's, it's big. It's big. I think it's the ultimate separator. Uh, everyone has a story, um, you know, whether it be a single parent, whether it be a poverty situation, whether it be a broken household. Um, everyone has a story, right? It's, it's what you attach yourself to. Uh, that motivates you for a greater good. Like, I didn't just want to make it so I could make a bunch of money. That was never, never my deal. Um, I wanted to make it so I could help other people. I wanted to give back. I wanted to be someone that people looked at as a, as a light, you know, of, of inspiration. You know, that's why I play basketball. So like you said, like a lot of people don't accept that everyone has a story. Like your story is, my story is no, no greater than your story, uh, but it's what I put into what my story is that makes it what it is. So, um, you know, just standing next to that guy and knowing that he has a story um, and, and how you're able to capitalize on that story. Yeah, and see, so <clears throat> we never knew that we had a connection of stories, right? And my mom passed away 11 days before my eighth birthday. Mm -hmm. Divorced parents, never knew my parents together, divorced when they were six months old. My mm -hmm. mom had a rare muscle disease, came to the dinner table with an IV stand, 24-hour nursing care mm -hmm. in the house. And there's so many times in my life where the mentors and coaches had to pick me up off that mat of life and fueled by my mom from above and all those things. But there's so many times I reflect back to, I'm going through a tough period of time and I'm like, yeah. man, like this isn't tougher than seeing your mom ask you how your day was at school with an IV stand attached to yeah. her at the dinner table. So when you were breaking down game film, I like to talk about the unrequired, mm -hmm. right? The stuff that people don't see, they can't even think about that you're willing to yep. do to get to your level. So how often did you think back to Justin, your mom, when you're going through that? Man, it's time to break down game film. I want to go to sleep. I got to get these extra shots up. I want to go to sleep. Oh, yeah. Like, how did you shift perspective? Uh, it's ultimate motivation. And I think it was uh, just ingrained in me, you know, just my upbringing, my mom and what she stood for and how she carried herself. I know that, you know, she's never going to have necessarily a bad day um, because she has us. Mm. So that's kind of how I looked at it. Like, I'm not going to have a bad day because I have them. So anytime that I got into any sort of, you know, complicated situation or struggle or, you know, the last of those 10 and ones that, you, you know, you, you got to make, like, it doesn't get any tougher than that. Like, you can put, I can do a minute. Like, I can do a minute easy, right? So that's how I look at it. It's like, this is only a minute. And we're talking about things that, you know, affect you for an entire lifetime. So I use that as, like, I mean, it's nothing. I mean, that's how I look at it. So now, <clears throat> bring us forward to where we're sitting, right? There's plenty of stories of athletes who make their money. Yep. And I, not even, it's not even guys who make poor financial decisions. 
but they make their money and then they really don't go on to do anything. Mm -hmm. And foundation work, giving back, you don't have to do any of this. Right. We right. all know that. Right. So how has that burn just continued today, being a father, mm -hmm. right? Four, four children, children playing college yep. basketball, children excelling in their lives, and then here. Yep. Like, how does that burn continue to impact you today and the decisions you make? Well, I know that everyone has a story. Uh, I know that you know, just that little bit of uh, connection can take kids, adults a long way. Uh, so I want to be that light. I want to be that inspiration. I want to uh, have kids and have parents um, understand that, that I'm here for them, right? I, we built out a facility, um, you know, my name's on it, my face is everywhere, but it's for them. Um, and you too can have this opportunity if you use what's available to you. Um, so it's never been about me. Um, I've, I've always repped St. Louis is where I'm from. Uh, the different cities that I played in, it was all about shining the light on St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to go out, be the best that I can be, and then they like, okay, that kid's from St. Louis. So let's go back to St. Louis, see if there's other kids there that can do what this kid is doing, and then, hey, I did my part. I was able to go out, grab the attention, and bring it back. So what I'm doing with the academy is, I'm talking about skill development and character development. For those players that can make high-level basketball, can play at, at the NBA level, professional level, be paid to play basketball, this is a venue for you. Right? We, we lay out our skills, we do a great job of organizing you know, how we teach the game and the process of the game. But for those that are not going off to be paid to play basketball, we talk about life skills mm. and the character <clears throat> development that it's gonna take for these young people to be successful. Whether they're general managers, whether they're scouts, whether they're coaches, whether they're uh, trainers, um, you know, there's a gamut of things that they can do involving, you know, sports in the game of basketball. They're not necessarily athletically inclined to be professionals and paid to play. So with that, I want to cover all those bases for these kids and allow them a chance to, to grow. And that's, you know, that's why I'm here is to make sure that the community has something that they, could, they can use. It's something that's um, very meaningful. And this new term that I'm using now is efficient. Like, there's only 24 hours in the day. Right? I don't want to spend 24 hours of my day working. So I want to be efficient mm. with my time. Right? So I look at how can I be efficient you know, with the academy? How can I be efficient with the kids? Um, and that's something that's burning in me today is to, to be more efficient with everything I do, whether it's family life, whether it's business life, whether it's basketball, just be more efficient and have the opportunity to impact more lives. I love it. Seeing how, how you've taken your story and just made a conscious decision to not let it end, right? Right. Like the best is coming. Right. Right, because the impact you'll have with the trajectory that's set with all this that you're doing For sure. is just incredible. Now, we have to go one place before we wrap up. Yep. We got to talk to these parents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got to talk to these parents. So we're yep. going to ruffle some feathers here, but I think this yep. is important. Yep. Because you and I were joking, and I... I'll go, and even though I work with professional athletes, collegiate athletes, I go to a game and watch my kids. I sit in the stands, and I let the coaches do their work. Yep. And I know that's important to you, too, so I'd love for you to just share with the parents how important it is. Because I know so many people watching right now, you've got kids that are playing youth yep. sports. How important is it for the parents? Actually, just... Well, I, I think there's, let them know. Th there's no right or, wrong yeah. right or wrong way to motivate your child or to, you know, to have them or to allow them to have success within the sport. There's no right or wrong way because 
sports have been around for years and years, especially I'll just talk specific basketball has been around for years and years. So there's there's a lot of ways that kids have gotten better, a lot of ways that these kids have trained, a lot of ways that these kids have been coached, and a lot of ways that these kids have been parented, right? But for the most part, I feel like parents, um, as parents, we must allow our kids to, to grow and understand what they're doing and be themselves. And I don't think a lot of parents do that because what they do is they transplant this adult brain into this little child you know, mm-hmm. say a 10-year-old child, they put this adult brain into this 10-year-old child and wonder why they're not making this move or they're not making this play or they're not making that play. Well, you have to keep in perspective of, of what that kid is going through. What, your, what is your child going through? If they're playing basketball, it's him and then there's nine other people on the court. There's one basketball, there's two coaches, maybe sometimes four if they have an assistant. So God knows how many people are actually yelling at this kid, <laughs> you know, during that environment. Right. So for you, you're their safe haven. They look to you for confidence that you're doing things right, even if they may be doing things a little bit wrong. And I think parents, we jump into that boat of the other nine kids that are on the court, the other coaching you know, staff that's, that's there helping the kids out. We jump into that mode of now we're coaching, now we're instructing, now we're yelling, shoot the ball, pass the ball, and it's a lot. So I, take, I want parents to take a step back and allow those kids to grow and have more conversation before and after those events take place. Because mm-hmm. if you give them something to think about before that happened, before that event takes place, you can see if they are executing or trying to execute what you had conversation about. And then if you talk to them afterwards, you're able to assess what happened during that game, if they listened to you before that event took place, and then you can have a meaningful conversation about how to get better the next time because it's a process. Uh, but the biggest thing I think, and, and my message to parents is, don't put your brain and your years and years and years of now understanding the basketball game into your child and think that they're supposed to react as an adult who's seen different experiences and been in different situations. Uh, we must take a step back and allow our kids to be kids and to grow in, you know, at the proper speed. So I, I love hearing you say the meaningful conversations. Yep. It's a conversation, yep. right? Yep. It, it's a constructive conversation yep. with your child to kind of break down their game film mm-hmm. and then to empower and inspire them. Yeah. And that, to me, those are the conversations that are made. You teach that yep. here. Yep. Think of all the lives that you impact that has nothing to do with the game. Exactly. It's actually teaching those children one day to be, that's how I'm going to work with my kids. Exactly. And that, to me, is the, the exactly. beautiful part of legacy and the impact that you're having. So one final question. If you were to... Speak to everybody watching, Mm -hmm. and they're in that moment where they don't want to make that sales call, where Mm -hmm. they're that athlete that doesn't want to run that next run. They don't want to do that final set of reps. Mm -hmm. What would you share with them? How would you encourage them to do that that extra, that unrequired? Well, I I, I would encourage them to stand out from the person that's that's next to them. Uh, That can be in a multitude of ways. Um, um, And if you're talking about running that line, if you see that person that's struggling running that line, put everything inside of you to not struggle running that particular line. So always be different. If, if you're shooting five spots and that guy makes four shots, be motivated, be driven enough to make five shots. And if you don't make five shots, be motivated to move to the next spot and make five shots. So I think it's, it's never ending. So never stop with your motivation. You're never gonna win every battle. You're always gonna have some failures but that's an opportunity to be successful. 
And in this process, especially talking about basketball, um, you know, there'll be many opportunities to be successful. It's about how many times you actually grab those opportunities about how you know, successful you'll be. Well, man, I, I can't tell you. It's always great to see you. Thank you, you too. And uh, thank you for this opportunity. I got to tell you, it's a hell of a lot more fun cutting up with you during an interview <laughs> than having to call switch at the top of the key. So always great seeing That's you. That's what's up, man. I appreciate right, you. Appreciate yep. you. This episode of The Burn Podcast is powered by BenNewmanCoaching.com, your number one source for increasing consistency in your life and building the mental toughness habits required to live the life of your dreams. From self-paced courses to live coaching with Ben and everything in between, head over to BenNewmanCoaching.com and join the thousands of members working to unlock their peak performance every day.